Welcome to Tech Mobility Topics. Low power FM radio. Did you know there was such a thing? <laughs> Until very recently, neither did I. Turns out that the Federal Communications Commission has a special class of radio licenses called low power FM radio to create opportunities for more voices to be heard on the radio. The LPFM stations are licensed to operate with, a, with 100 watts, which allows them to reach an area with a radius of approximately three and a half miles. This is topic B. The reason why they did this is because they wanted more community voices on the radio. So let me just give you this a little bit. And this is straight from the FCC. To qualify for one of these licenses, because you still have to be licensed, you must be a government or nonprofit educational institution, such as a public or private school or state or private university, a nonprofit organization, association, or entity with an educational purpose, such as a community group, public service or public health organization, disability service provider, or faith-based organization, a government or nonprofit entity providing local public safety or transportation service, such as a volunteer fire department, local government, or state transportation authority. And finally, an Indian or Alaska Native tribe, band, nation, Pueblo, village, or community that will provide non-commercial radio services. The reason why, the reason why, is that because once upon a time, and still to this, really getting a full-service license is expensive. It takes a lot of money, a lot of time, and a lot of underserved and unserved voices didn't have an opportunity to have access to the airwaves. As a result, in 2000, the FCC made low-power FM possible, and they call it a non-commercial educational broadcast radio service. That's what they call it. Now, I'll tell you who can't get one, because they're also very clear about that too. Let's see now. It will not, you cannot get one of these licenses if you're an individual or a commercial entity. Also, existing broadcasters, cable television system operators, newspaper publishers, and other media entities are not eligible for LPFM licenses. Why would you do such a thing? It is a way to communicate with your local neighborhood, literally neighborhood, on a whole variety of things. Um... I mean, you pretty much name it, it runs the gamut. The most important thing is nonprofit. Uh, and the FCC isn't playing. There was one station that tried to, you know, run some profitable commercials. The FCC hit them with a $20,000 fine. Yeah, that's a thing. Now, the reason why I'm talking about this right now is that since. 2000 has only been one opportunity open in 23 years for people to even apply for these licenses. You just don't decide you want one one day and hit up the FCC and say, hey, I want a low power FM license. And yeah, no, don't work like that. The FCC made an announcement recently. It will open a filing window in November to take applications for a new low power FMs. The first such opportunity since 2013. Now, this piece, and this is out of uh, Radio World magazine, said that most of these 
uh, low power FM serves small communities in rural parts of the country with an approximate range of about three and a half miles. The uh, low power FMs range across the FM band from 88.1 to 107.9, which means they're everything. Schools, churches, nonprofits, governments, or other educational institutions. Educational entities can file one application. If you're a tribal government, you can file up to two. State and local government agencies may file as many as they need within their jurisdiction for the purpose of public safety. Very often, you may have heard, in case of this tune here, that's a low-power FM. Particularly if you see lights is saying, if these are lights are blinking, uh, tune your channel to 16, 10 a.m. That's a low-power FM giving you very local traffic information. And you may actually see that in other places around the country. Chances are that is a low-power FM. These stations often fill a niche in their community, supporters say. And the ideal is to be hyper-local with an intriguing format. One station in a small town in Texas is a non-traditional format playing B-sides from oldie singles. Its branding slogan seems appropriate. The greatest songs you've never heard. <laughs> the number of low-power FMs have fallen from its high. FCC data showed 1,989 low-power FM stations on the air at the end of June, down by 45 licenses over the past year. At one point a few years ago, there was about 2,100. So what happened? Um, the pandemic happened. A lot of these low-power FMs are run by, <laughs> if I say shoestring, that's probably being charitable. Nonprofit organizations which are scuffling for financing. The biggest argument they have right now, what the professionals, the community broadcaster veterans are saying about low-power FMs is there's still some level of um, engineering that you need technology that you need and you can't just buy anything for signals and equipment because the FCC is very specific about what qualifies to be used in a low power FM. So you can't use like hand-me-down broadcast or commercial power equipment or even um, low broadcast power equipment from years ago because that requirement has changed. But a lot of these didn't make the pandemic because they couldn't get the financing or they couldn't get the staff, and they just choked out. So here's a question. Are you in an unserved or underserved community where you feel that a commercial radio, I'm sorry, a community radio station would be to your advantage? The FCC is taking applications in November. The folks of the community radio community suggest heavily that if you're going to do it, that you get a consultant that knows their way around the FCC and these types of licenses. Because they said, while you can file it on your own, there's a lot of different things that you got to consider. And trust me, I've been through one of these FCC licenses. There's a lot of stuff. And having a consultant, particularly uh, paying for one if you can, is well worth it. One thing to know, though, the low-power FMs are not protected from interference from full-power stations and are considered secondary to existing and modified full-service FM stations. Probably the biggest risk to these community-based low-power FMs is what the FCC did a few years ago to help the AM stations by giving them the ability to get full-service FM stations if they had an AM. And a lot of them smartly did. And no doubt you're probably listening to me on, on one of them. But 
if you are a community organizer, a community organizer, excuse me, that is thinking about an underserved community you know of that would benefit, you can go to FCC.gov and learn more. And in fact, let me see if I can get that for you right quick. I don't know if I've got it here, but I know you can find out. Oh, yes. FCC.gov backslash media backslash radio backslash LPFM. And that can give you some more information on whether or not this might work for your community or your even your neighborhood. It's worth the looking at because, you know, media is media. And, you know, we all deserve to have our voices heard. Really do. So this is one opportunity that you might look at uh, as a nonprofit. We are Tech Mobility Show. Did you know that you could still listen to past shows of Roadworthy Drive? Ken Chester here. With the change to the Tech Mobility Show, we've taken steps to maintain our vast library of past shows for your listening pleasure. Whether you want to listen to 1, 10, or 50 of our 1,000 shows, we got you covered. Be sure to visit roadworthydrive.buzzsprout.com or roadworthydrivemoment.buzzsprout.com and subscribe. There's no recurring commitment and you can opt out at any time. We set the price super low so that access to the shows is easy and carefree. Thank you so much for your support. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Roadworthy Drive is now the Tech Mobility Show. I'm Ken Chester, your host. Every week, I delve into the current trends and topics that impact you when it comes to mobility and technology. Things are changing fast, and I cover these topics in a way that's easy to understand. By tuning into the Tech Mobility Show, you can keep informed about the latest happenings with self-driving vehicles, auto finance, electric airplanes, and more. That's the Tech Mobility Show, heard each week on this very fine radio station. days, everybody wants to be social, and we're no exception. Hi, I'm Ken Chester, host of the Tech Mobility Show. We get to share additional content that you won't find on the show. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even TikTok. Yeah, we're there. You can find us at Tech Mobility Pod on Twitter and at the Tech Mobility Show everywhere else. Check us out. Be sure to follow us. Believe it or not, the Tech Mobility Show has a website. Yep. Combined with all the other ways you can interact with us, our website is a great place to start. Learn more about the host, find us in the news, and even check out where you can hear our programs across the country on the radio. I know, right? Our website is a great place to learn more about us and our programming. Go to techmobility.show for more information. 